Today's New Testament reading is the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 22nd chapter. While Jesus was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what would follow, they said, Lord, shall we strike with a sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests and officers of the temple and elders who had come out against him, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house, and Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. When day came, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together, both chief priests and scribes. And they led him away to their council, and they said, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So they all said, Are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, You say that I am. Then they said, What further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome Pastor John Bombaro. Today's text begins with a betrayal. It is the night of the Last Supper, the night of Jesus' anguish in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night of the Judas kiss. There's perhaps nothing more bitter than to have a close friend, one who knows you very well, to turncoat and betray you. And to do it for money is even more cruel still. Luke reminds us that Judas was one of the twelve in verse 47. And it is this which makes his treachery so despicable. He was within the closest circle of Jesus' band of brothers, taught by Jesus, 
learning from him the cost of discipleship, and then this, condemning the Christ for a fistful of cash and to do it with a kiss. Judas knew where to find Jesus that night only because he was such a close friend. This garden was the secluded spot where Jesus resorted with his disciples. Judas knew it well because he had been there so often with Jesus. It was his very friendship that enabled him to arrange this arrest. And the same close friendship that gave him access to greet Jesus with a kiss. And thus the scriptures were fulfilled. Psalm 41 verse 9. Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. And again Psalm 55. For it is not an enemy who taunts me, but it is you, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. In a way, Jesus' sufferings would not have been complete without this betrayal. Firstly, Jesus hereby experiences anew the betrayal of God in Eden, as Adam, God's companion and familiar friend, betrayed the Creator Lord through an act of high treason. High treason is even this sin, and perhaps this sin of mankind especially, that Jesus is at this moment taking upon himself and bearing it to the cross. And therein lies the greatest irony. Jesus is condemned for being God's king, while in fact being the rightful king of all the earth. Luther saw this startling irony as the great exchange Jesus, the true king, is condemned for our collective high treason, while we treasonous sinners receive the regal benefits of his righteousness. And secondly, it was needful that Jesus undergo this bitter betrayal, or how else could he sympathize with us? How could he pastor us in and through all of our suffering, unless he himself had experienced the Judas kiss of personal betrayal that we all experience at various points in life? The reaction of the other disciples to the commotion of arrest that Judas was leading entirely misses the point of Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. They're still thinking that Jesus is going to lead a violent overthrow of Roman occupation. In fact, Luke told us in verse 38 that at least two of the disciples are armed with swords. They're ready for the uprising, ready to spill blood, not yet knowing that it would be Jesus himself who would, in the words of the author of the book to Hebrews, Offer up himself in a blood atonement. In the battle in which Jesus is engaging, only his blood counts for anything. Only his blood is sufficient to establish a new covenant between the Father and the Son of Man. And this is because, as Leviticus chapter 17 explains, the life, the eternal life, is in the blood. And here, The Father is offering it up to make atonement for our souls. Jesus' hour has in fact come, and it will be through the death and resurrection of the Messiah that both the Father and the Son would be glorified. And what is more, the disciples should have known that resisting arrest was futile. This was not only the hour, but also the means by which the Father would glorify the Son and the Son glorify the Father. Our text unfolds here a double entendre. Jesus is being betrayed by humanity, but at the same time offered up to make atonement for the sins of the whole world. 
In fact, the same word that we use in the liturgy of Holy Communion allows both senses to be understood. On the night in which our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed is equally read on the night in which our Lord Jesus Christ was offered up. Betrayed by humanity to condemnation, but offered up by the Father for propitiation. And now all who looks to this one and trust in him become partakers of that great exchange. Our treasonous sin gone, his justifying righteousness ours. And it is this justifying sinners by grace alone, because of Christ alone, that God is glorified above all else. Amen.